0: From KMOX Sports, the bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line.
1: Swinging along with the left.
0: Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com.
1: He hits one deep to
0: left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the TR Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Great to be with you on sports up online. Kevin Wheeler hanging out with my good friends Amy Marks, course and Chris Ranji. A couple of hours of us saying words is what it's going to be. Good to be with
1: you guys. What's up? How you doing? What's new? Amy, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. Well, thanks, thanks for, for me leaving, me leaving me out,
1: right? Kevin. Out how with are you? you? Well, I was going to get to you next. Oh, that's fair. I should go last. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're the host. <laughs> We're your guests. You go last. Not that. That's how, like, if you you were to have uh, dinner with eight people and you have a buffet line of dinner, Mm -hmm. you know, you have all the food in the kitchen, you have to go get your food and then go to the table, you go last. That's true. It's courtesy.
0: Well, it's also usually because you're the one, like, putting stuff out and you're not done yet, so.
1: Yeah, well, whatever You all go
0: ahead. I got to finish this. Oh, that's that, too.
1: Yeah. 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 That's, That's what it means to host. What's new?
2: Oh, not too much. <laughs>
1: oh, to a roar and start. Uh, nope, nothing. What do you on got? to a roaring start. <laughs> I hey, don't know. Baseball's going on.
0: I know. I was going to say, there's a few things we want to hit on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hit a little football later on. Amy but, just did. But mostly, we're just going to try to figure out why nothing's going on yeah. with Amy.
2: I was like not expecting that question. I was ready to. T- I'm ready to talk sports or whatever. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> whatever expecting you do. the what's up. Yeah, I was yeah. not
2: expecting nothing. Literally, nothing exciting is happen happening right now. But I will say, speaking of like hosts and what the host does, I had this conversation earlier today. I reply to whatever greeting or etiquette that uh, someone, you know, gives to you. If you say happy birthday, I say happy birthday back. Funeral directors, I have told them I'm sorry for your loss. That's my habit with politeness. I just respond back to that person.
0: So if I say what's up, you're just going to say, yeah, what's up?
2: Yeah, what's up? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: A funeral director.
2: Yeah, I've told two or three funeral directors, they're like, I'm sorry for your loss.
1: They're probably like, no, this is great. I'm sorry right. for yours. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Like, man, business is booming. What do yeah. you you yeah, yeah, Everything's fine here.
0: Obviously, uh, we got a lot of baseball to talk about today. Uh, we found out some things. We've got some new information on, on who got pre-arbitration deals with the Cardinals. A couple of guys went to arbitration. Got some things like that that we'll sort through as we go through. We're going to talk a bit about... Uh, the Jack Flaherty injury situation—a a whole lot of different angles on that too—that I'm really interested in, like what the expectations should be of injured players, and you know how that all impacts a career or a short-term decision, or you know, again, I think a lot of it is also where you are in your career. But we're going to get through all of that as we go. Uh, but I, I think right before the show, we we saw the news break on what they're doing regarding rules for twenty twenty two, Ron. So they were we were talking about like all the things kind of going back to normal, right? No more seven inning doubleheaders and all that. But there are still gonna be some of the new things in this year. Uh so the the first one was We're going to keep the big rosters, the 28-man rosters, but only for a month. Yeah. Just to give everybody a little more lead up because of the short spring training, which is cool. I I love it. I know 14 pitchers on the team is just going to lead to more pitching changes and more pitching changes. That won't slow the game down or anything. (laughs) But we'll get back to normal in May. Uh, The interesting
1: one to me is that the ghost runner is back. And I didn't expect that. I did not. As soon as they said during the CBA negotiations that wasn't going to be a thing. And, And in fact, it was Rob Manfred who said that was that was going to go by the wayside. I kind of thought that was that. And there are a lot of people who hate that rule, like hate it. And you and I are in a, like we're in, I think lockstep on this because I don't, I wouldn't say that I love it, but I also don't hate it either. I know there were a lot of people who said, "If you're going to do it, why don't you wait until like the 11th inning?" And to I'd do be it. down with that. I I'm fine with that yeah. too, and I understand the intent. They want to get the game done quicker because they don't want teams to blow out their pitching staff for the next two or three days. Well, because you have to have six relievers every game, right? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. And 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 I totally get that. I don't really like the idea of having to resort to using tomorrow's starter tonight because we're in the 17th inning. And I do not like the position player pitching. Do you like that? Like the position player that doesn't
0: normally pitch going out there? Because I hate that. You
2: know, it's kind of of a spectacle, right? I'm a fan of spectacles. And I think if you are someone who goes to the ball game with your family and your friends, you're eating hot dogs and drinking beer, You're like, oh, yeah, he's pitching. So there's something to the spectacle aspect of it, but I can see how it would drive you nuts.
1: See, now it's happening all the time, though. That's the difference. When it happened once every now and then and it was news, like, oh, my God, you won't believe who's pitching right now. That was entertaining to me because it's not supposed to happen. But I will tell you when I was uh, when I was covering White Sox baseball and Adam Dunn came over, they signed him, I forgot what the contract was. You remember how he had that, just one of the historically worst offensive seasons mm-hmm. ever. It was so bad. The only good thing he did that year was he came in and he pitched a perfect inning once. And I think it was the only ovation he got all season long. So totally but that justifies was, the whole thing. But that was a while ago. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was at a time... When it didn't happen that much. And here's Big Adam Dunn, who's supposed to be hitting 40 home runs a season, and instead he can't do that, so he's pitching and pitching well one night. That was a novelty, but it happens too much now. I'm not that much of a fan any longer.
2: And I do feel like if it happens too often, it is to me illustrative of a glitch in the system something's wrong because if it's a spectacle if it's a novelty for instance the emergency goalies in hockey you have a vending machine repairman suiting up for the blues or an accountant or an accountant it happens once everybody talks about it you make a story that's dumb too by the way well but you make a story (laughs) (laughs) about it but if that were to happen multiple times a season something's wrong
0: yeah 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 i i I didn't pay for a ticket to go to the circus i don't want to see a clown show I want to see baseball. I don't want to see pitchers hitting, which we agree on. Yep. I don't want to see them hitting anymore, and I don't want to see utility middle infielders throwing 74 miles an hour in a game. And by the way, we're also seeing this now in games that aren't blowouts. Yes. You we're starting to see this now occasionally uh-huh. in like three and four run right. games because oops, we've used everybody. Right. And oh, a couple guys aren't available. So, well, we'll just take a chance.
1: And I understand why you do it, why a team says, all right, well, let's, our shortstop's going to pitch tonight because he doesn't. They don't want to continue to blow out their arms. They they are like, look, we've we've gotten to the end of the bullpen. Um, we can't afford to use the starter tomorrow. Pitching is a premium, so let's go ahead and and bring in a guy who's not going to hurt us, and he can just eat some innings. So I get the I, I understand why teams do it, but I think if it happens all the time, it just isn't as entertaining any longer. Now, how do you feel about this this? We brought it up a moment ago, the uh, uh, ghost runner at second base. I don't mind it that much. Dear. Kevin, there was a great idea that the Frontier League is doing this year. I like it, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Basically what happens is there's a sudden death inning, half inning. If you're the home team, you get to decide, do we want to be on offense or do we want to be on defense for this half inning? You already lost me. Runner at first base, <laughs> runner at first base to start the inning. If you score, you win. If you hold them from scoring, you win. Nope. And that's it. I'm out. So if, but if, but But if the intent is to end the game quicker, so you're not going 13, 14 innings, I think it's an intriguing idea. I'm out. Don't like it. It's exciting. Yeah. You should have to score a run
0: to win a game. Well, you do. No, you don't. You're only stopping a run if you choose to play defense. Well, you that's... do not have to score a run. You have to score a run to win a game. That's how it is. Mm. Why? Because, in ho- like, for example, in a shootout in hockey, you have to score a goal
1: to win. Right. Well, no? Is it because that's the way it's always been? Or? It's because it's what makes sense. It's how you keep score. Well, that's not necessarily true because at the end, you can win if you're the goaltender who stops the last shot. I understand, you but you have to score more than the other team to win. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like in every sport, that's how you keep score. Yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> this is a, this is exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's yeah, a good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a fun idea. My also my favorite thing is we got to protect our arms while we're telling everybody to throw as hard as they can every time they pitch. I didn't say this all no, makes sense. You, not you, not you. Just like my favorite <laughs> part of this whole thing. Hey, we have to protect our pitchers. Meanwhile, we're telling them all out all the time, every pitch, throw as hard as you can. Like those two things don't work together. Cardinals, Cardinals don't do that, by the way. You know they they do actually teach the art of pitching rather than just hey, you see how hard you can throw it and how many times you can do that before your arm breaks. That's basically what the Rays do. No, that's not true. They don't do that either. Some teams are doing that though. Some teams are doing that. Yeah, they do. Speaking they of injuries, care. speaking of injuries and in arms, uh, we're gonna pick it up with a little bit on Jack Flaherty, his shoulder, and let's say we're gonna talk a little communication too. when We come back next on KMOX. <laughs> All right, talking a little baseball here. Obviously, one of the big stories early in camp. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler, hanging out with you here on KMLX. It's never, it's never a good day or a good week when you find out that your most talented starting pitcher is going to miss some time, and we found that out late last week with Jack Flaherty. And then we had the interesting story. I mean, I talked a lot about the injury and what it means and time frame and all that, so we don't need to redo all of that. But I haven't yet had a chance to get into what seems to be a little disagreement. Mm-hmm between the player and the front office and specifically like John Mosellock's description of his injury, right? For those that, that missed it, when Mo did the uh, the press conference, uh, was it Friday? I think it was the early Friday. It might have been Thursday. I think it was early Friday. He described the injury that Jack's dealing with. He described the slap tear. So it's a small tear. It's near the labrum. Um, and he, he listed that as kind of the problem, right? This is what we're treating. And not long after that, Jack Flaherty talked and he said, yeah, that's not really the problem. Um, and I'm not, and what I thought was interesting is he said, not sure why that comes up now, which is kind of implying like there's some kind of timing thing here. Uh, I don't know what that is. I mean, maybe he thought, well, the arbitration hearing's coming up, and maybe he thinks they're trying to muddy the waters there, but the two sides agreed today, so there won't be an arbitration hearing. Um, but it is interesting to me when you have a team simply saying one thing, the team, you know, the team spokesman, in this case, John Moselock, and then the player shortly thereafter basically saying, no, that's not the problem. I've had that for years, and I don't know why that's coming up now. I thought that was a little... Not, it's not shocking. It's not a scandal, but it's interesting.
1: It, it is probably exactly what you said it is, that the arbitration stuff was coming up. He knew that the more that's out there, it starts to raise you know, your antenna a little bit where you're thinking, okay, why are they talking about this thing they knew I've I've had for a while? Is it because they're going to try to short me when it comes to uh, working out some kind of salary here? That's That might be partly what he's thinking in this. And of course, like you said, they came to an agreement, so it's not that big of a deal. But I guess in the moment, that's probably what that is. And we're talking about somebody who's pretty vocal. Uh, Jack mm-hmm. Flaherty is not afraid to say what's on his mind. And I would guarantee that if that was said, and I don't believe there was any ill intent on the part of the Cardinals by, no, by saying, no. I think it was just a the thing they said. It was, it was more of a don't worry, um, you know, he's had stuff like this before, we don't think it's anything serious, but he probably hears it and goes, wait a minute, are they going to try to stiff me when it's time to work out my contract? I don't think either thing is, is true here. I think it just sort of happened in the moment and the result in the moment from him was he didn't like that.
2: Because the slap tear was there, and yeah. he's also being treated for bursitis. He's saying that's the issue right now, The inflammation, correct? yeah. The inflammation.
1: Yeah. Told so, you I don't like inflammation, Kevin.
0: <laughs> I know,
2: you I know, have always said that.
0: But inflammation is with everything. Well, like, if I if I go over there to, like, I'm not going to do this because I wouldn't. Well, maybe I would, but I'm not going to today. If I went over there and punched you in the arm, you would yeah. have then have inflammation in your arm, but that doesn't mean you're injured. Yeah, but if you just—if I just had inflammation without being punched, that would be a problem. But you do something like he's throwing a baseball. It's not like he's doing nothing. Mm.
2: So here's my question with Flaherty. He says what's on his mind yep. on Twitter. He has an interesting Twitter account. Sometimes it feels cryptic. Like you have to be an insider. To understand. Which
1: by the way, I despise cryptic athlete tweets. I hate it. Just it's, say what you're gonna say.
2: So is he is it, am I right in reading some of his tweets as cryptic or like the LOL, for instance, or if you're an insider, you're a big fan, you know what he means.
0: I, I, don't, know he always, I don't know if it's always I don't know if it's always a fan. It might even be just people that know him yeah, or, personally, or other players yeah. or whatever, because like the LOL thing, I don't think anybody quote unquote knows. We can right. all suspect that you might know based on what the news was at that moment, right? Right. So if it's something like Rob Manfred said something objectively ridiculous and he says, LOL, well, it's probably okay. about that.
2: So I have a bigger point, but the first B, and I guess the lead up to my bigger point is I know MLB doesn't always do the best at sh- like letting personalities
1: shine. Oh, really?
2: <laughs> so do you like Jack Flaherty stirring it up a little bit?
1: Yeah. I, I think it's fine the more personality, the better. Okay. But I the only thing I don't like is cryptic tweets. Okay. I'm I'm not a fan of so it. Here, I just
2: yeah, and here's where the Jack Flaherty thing where I'm not sure if it if it rubs me the wrong way or if I just don't quite understand maybe what he's talking about. But it, it does feel like Flaherty always comes from the position of rather adversarial towards the front office, not like, hey, we're on the same team, but I'm going to speak my mind. It feels like it's almost fundamentally always adversarial. Well,
1: and I don't think it's directed... I think it's because he happens to be on the Cardinals. If he were a Met, if he were a Pittsburgh Pirate, I think he'd be doing the exact same stuff. Because it's it's about the system. It's about the system, the and system, it's about yes. baseball players generally starting to wise up to the fact they're probably taken, uh, being taken advantage of a little bit. And I, and even though he's young and relatively inexperienced, well, but he's in, in the, this the league,
0: age range that is taken advantage. Exactly,
1: of. And, and he is not one of those like, well, I'm going to wait until I'm a real veteran and I've been around for six years before I start to speak my mind. That's changing. There are players who are young who are on the the younger side of 30 who are not not willing to wait until they become 29 30 31 year olds before yeah. they speak their minds well
2: yeah. and I don't right and, and to clarify not saying that it's directed at mo but just that there's an us versus them when it comes to players versus man, uh, the, the brass. owners yeah, generally yeah. For yeah. sure
0: and and I think what's different here is, see he to me the younger generation of baseball players are now taking cues from the younger generation in other sports. Because in other sports, those mm-hmm. guys in their early to mid-20s are the superstars. Not, not 100%, but like Patrick Mahomes is a rock star in the National Football League. In baseball, the culture has always been the young guys are quiet. They don't get to say anything. And the truth is they can't because they have no leverage. Right? Patrick Mahomes had leverage the moment he was a great starter because they walk in and they're starters, and then you start getting paid. As a first-round pick in football, you're getting paid a lot. You know the highest the high, the biggest bonus that a baseball player can get as a first-round pick is basically one-year salary in a rookie contract for a first-round pick in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So they have leverage on their side; they have more power than a young baseball player does. And you can't send Mahomes down. So if he if he says some things mm-hmm. that irritates the, the the team or whatever. They're not going to be like, well, guess what? You get to go back to Memphis for a couple of months. In And I'm not saying, the again, it's not about the Cardinals, but Major League Baseball teams have held young players back in that regard, both on the salary side and with their voice. And what's changing is that guys like Tatis are showing off their flair. They're playing the way they want. They're saying what they want. And I think that's a good
1: change. And there's another thing that's changing. You talk about the minor leagues, and, and I don't think they would ever use it as outright punishment but to send somebody down because they're not they're not exactly what you want them to be yet in major league baseball for a long time and this is this comes up with the service manipulation conversation people generally fans are okay with that because they're thinking in line with ownership. They benefit from it. Yeah, we get an extra year of this guy now. That's right. Well, now I think that changes a little bit. I do think people are wiser to the fact that, hey, if this guy's good enough, he should be up on day one as soon as the season starts, and we shouldn't be holding him back until the end of April so we get an extra year because too many things can happen between now and the time he's a free agent, and that year may not matter anymore. Don't you think, and and we'll close on this and take a break, but like –
0: I wish, Amy, that people would put themselves in, their, in the position of the person that they're thinking of, right? Like, don't put yourself in the position of a fan that wants to see your team be good, but put yourself in the position, what if I was that athlete? Would I think that that's okay? I wish people would do that more. And I think they are. I think Ronja's right. I think they are. I mean, does that does it surprise you that people, well, I guess maybe it shouldn't. We're all selfish, right?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we act in our own self-interest, yeah. but I guess that kind of...
1: I don't. I'm always thinking about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I'm sorry. That was a snicker what? that I held in. <laughs> I was not a snicker. And Amy's She's just like, I'm, I'm done talking. No I'm not done talking now. She's going off, and, like, I, can't I even. turned my oh. mic off hey. and
2: rolled the chair away.
1: <laughs> That's it.
0: Never mind. All right. On this note, uh, we're talking injury. This won't be specifically about uh, the Cardinal situation with Flaherty and all that, but there's been a, a good conversation here lately about playing hurt and when that's okay and when it's not. And some of the things that go along with that, the pressures that go along with that, we'll hit that next up here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. You back With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the TRU's Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, so building off uh, the topic related to injuries, and, and I'm not going to go too deep on this. I just want to kind of set it up uh, because there there was a story in the Washington Post uh, that kind of detailed some of the things that Tyler Skaggs went through before he passed away, and obviously he died of a, a, you know, w- because he took uh, pills that were mm-hmm. laced with fentanyl and, and obviously took his life, and it's a horrible tragedy, and we're finding out all kinds of terrible things about that. But part of the story in the Washington Post, without getting into the – the details too much because we don't have time really comes down to like athletes playing with pain, right? Mm-hmm. He was dealing with some nagging injuries, some of the text messages from his agent. And they were essentially saying, listen, if you miss time, you're not going to be eligible for arbitration. And uh, like, and you can't tell if it's pressure or if it's just informing him, Hey, just so you know, but either way, the the bigger picture here is that these guys are facing those pressures to play through pain sometimes and knowing the difference between an injury and pain. Mm-hmm. But what I'm fascinated by here is that we're, we're still stuck in like 1950 in some of this where it's like, if you can walk, you should be out there. And in the old days, we played through everything. And like what I don't understand is why is knowing that that's a bad thing supposedly soft? Like, is it soft now that people wear seat belts in cars? Because when I was a kid, we didn't wear seat belts in the back seat. This wasn't a thing. Does that mean we were tougher? Does that mean we're soft now because we make our kids wear seat belts and sit in car seats? Like, when you learn things about taking care of health, we should probably follow those things. But we still have this whole gridded out, you should be tough for the team. And oh, by the way, you know, if you got to take some pills to get
1: through it, go ahead. I don't believe there's as much of it, but I still think it exists. There, there is probably less than, say, 10, 15 years ago, but I do think that sentiment is still there. And in the Washington Post piece, you uh, you mentioned here the agent for Tyler Skaggs, Ryan Hamill, and this is according to court documents, sent a text, and one of the texts was, we can leave and advil the blank mm-hmm. out of it which means, yeah, you're hurting, your groin is hurting, but we're going to just give you painkillers, and you're going to pitch through it because of the things you're talking about. Because the less he's out there, the less he's going to earn, and here's your agent saying, well, the less you earn, the less I earn, which is a problem. Which is the danger in all of that, yeah. I do think it still exists, and I, I know I mentioned uh, uh, a, a a Sox thing earlier, but you remember Jake Peavy, when he was pitching and... His lat muscle, he threw a pitch, and his lat muscle ripped off of his bone. And it's sort of like like a lampshade, you know, or a, a window shade, you know, kind of curled up on him. Oh, yeah. And the reason that happened was it was happening slowly, but the guy kept taking painkillers. And I'm not saying he took any of this stuff, but, you know, he was trying to lessen it because he felt like, I got to be out there for yeah. my boys. I got to be out there for the guys. And what ended up happening is he had an injury that tanked the rest of his season and part of the following season. I still think there's some of that. I still think there are players who are just, they don't want to be seen by their teammates as not being there for them. And that's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And I do think when you're looking at injuries, are you hurt or are you injured? There was a football coach. He said, I would always ask my players, are you hurt or are you injured? Bud Kilmer. It's There you go. Yeah. But it's it's purely contextual for every athlete and every situation, you have to take in the entire environment in order to understand the cost-benefit analysis. We were talking, Wheeler, earlier about the window for these professional athletes is so small. Yeah, it's average so career is like three small. years. Right. You know, yeah. And if you're thinking, this is when I'm making my money, this is when I can be successful. Mm-hmm. I think right now the risks of playing through this injury is worth it for later that could, should be up to the player. I think, again, looking at context, head injuries is a totally different matter when we're looking at affecting the quality of the rest of your life. So, yeah, you could look at an ankle different than a head injury, but the play through it cannot be a, a uh, sweeping mentality for all athletes all the time.
1: What's difficult is getting players to understand that. And to listen to their bodies and then to not be afraid that they'll be labeled as injury prone. That's the last thing. I mean, I'm sure Alex Reyes, part of what he's going through right now is he's thinking people are going to start to think, if they don't already, that I'm injury prone. Right. That I've been, that I, I, there's always going to be something that comes up for me. And I bet Jack Flaherty feels that to an extent because he's had some injuries now in his short career. But I also believe Flaherty would not be one of those people who is going to going to feel the pressure of that so much. I think he'll listen to his body and say, "Look, I can't do it right yeah, now." Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm sm- I'm not that these guys are stupid, but they are what not, Amy's and talking about. They're not about. soft. I think this is one of the problems like older generations
0: look at that and say, "Well, I just toughed it out." Well, that's because nobody knew anything. Yeah, and your career
1: lasted 1 year. Yeah, I mean, but like nobody knew it anything.
0: So, and, and to me a lot of this ties into the things we're seeing with with mental health in mm-hmm. sports. Like it used to be like if you were feeling it and you were like, you just well, I'll find a way through it by taking drugs, by drinking, by doing yep. whatever. Like you think about the old school baseball players and you hear about all the difficult things. Well, yeah, they were all boozing every night and they were coming to the ballpark hungover because they were self-medicating, you know, with the pressures that they were feeling. Like the Mickey Mantle story is that is that perfect example of that. And what's, what's fascinating is. We're learning more, and by people talking about it more, like the head injuries that you mentioned, mm-hmm. because we're talking about that in football, hockey, you know, we have special rules for it now in baseball so that they can be on a separate injured list so that they can come back faster if they're feeling faster, but they don't have to feel the pressure, like, well, you can't be gone for 14 yeah. days. So we're, we're coming around on it, but we still find a way to put that pressure on. And, you know, that thing you mentioned, I had more than one coach, you know, starting when we were in high school. Like, know the difference between an injury and pain. Soreness. But but yeah. but here's the thing, though. Soreness in your knee can lead to an injury in your shoulder. Right. Like, because you're going to compensate. And listen to what Flaherty said the other About day. About his oblique. Is that the oblique led to him comp- changing his delivery mm-hmm. unconsciously. Led to him changing his delivery, which led to the inflammation. And because we know all of this now, I'm surprised that we still even have at all this push. And Now, it's not always coming from people in the sport now in the game I think they're really good about this but man I th- I wish more people would pay attention like
2: a well a stigma Yeah, I mean I mean these players don't live in a vacuum so even if they have the support of their team their teammates the front office they know what the fans are saying they know what people are saying on social media or, or a, in the media in general or maybe there is a pressure do you know what I mean right. among the other guys oh, that there, you sure want to be yeah. that team yeah. player yeah. and you feel that weight
1: you would think though that Once you become a professional and all of these guys, this is their livelihoods and and hopefully their livelihoods for the next decade or more. And we know that's not going to be the case for most of them. It's not going to last that long. But you would think they would all, being professionals, would say, hey, we get it because this is your business. You know, this is this is your career. And if you push it now and you try to play through something and make it worse, that might be the end of your career. So I get it, because I would want you to afford me that same courtesy. But I—but again, I'd, being in a, a professional locker room, I don't know how they see it now. I think they're better yeah. at it, and I i think there's less of that, he's not there for us, than there used to be, but yeah. there probably is still some that prevails. What's terrible, and I know
0: we got to take a break, so we'll close on this, but what's terrible is, the way that teams treat players is almost entirely about how much they make. So if you've got a star quarterback, you're going to you're gonna be real careful with him. But if it's your third string middle linebacker, you're probably going to be like, hey, get a shot and go out there. You're okay.
2: Well, let's continue this then because I have a question about kind of looping back to Flaherty and this idea that maybe there's a little bit more of an adversarial or us versus them when it comes to owners or leagues in general, because we have seen historically leagues fail players.
0: 100%. 100%. We'll pick that up next on KMOX. <music> All right back in on Sports Open Line. Chris Ronji, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler, hanging out here on, what, what's tonight? It's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Uh, Amy, stay, say it again, what you said right before the break, because I think you, you started off on a good point there, and I, I think we want to follow up on it, but I don't want to misstate the way that you put it.
2: Okay, well, I think I put it as players are looking maybe a bit more of an us versus them when it comes to players and owners, it's because we have seen historically leagues have failed the players profoundly in many areas. We can think of lots of examples when it comes oh, yeah. to head injuries, but one that, that I just think is just so heartbreaking. Joe Murphy, number one draft pick overall in the NHL. He yep, had a yep. stint with the blues. Yep. He won the Stanley cup with the Edmonton Oilers. He got hit, right? He took a hit and, and he just felt like he wasn't right after that hit, but he knew he needed to keep playing. So he self-medicated with alcohol, drugs. It messed up his life. He mm-hmm. had to leave the league. He calls the league back after no longer being in the NHL and said, something's wrong. I am really struggling. Depression, addiction, yep. anxiety. I need help. And they said, sorry, you're not in the NHL anymore. Click. Joe Murphy was, is homeless Addicted and living behind a gas station in Canada. I believe it was TSN did a yeah, documentary. Yep. They had to find him. It's called Finding Murph. To me, that is the league failing one of its uh, most sacred duties. I just Not just failing, but ignoring it. Click. Yeah. Hanging up the phone.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't even tell. I mean, that story has happened a lot in hockey um, with, with various players. That is a such a common story in football. Yep. Um. One of my good friends is a lawyer that represents retired players when they're looking to get help from the leagues, and you've seen all this stuff in the NFL yep. where they did the race norming. So you know they were deciding that well. You know the black players. Te- you know should have tested a little lower. So if they're testing cognitive function, they actually grade them on a curve that hurts their ability to get benefits. They put off paying benefits, and essentially waiting for people to die so that they don't have to worry about it. Like that, it, it's unbelievable. And, and you want to talk about why there's distrust in baseball? It's not as much about that because there aren't as many of those. Mm-hmm. But baseball, they had the same fight with with you know helping support retired players. And it's it's just a fascinating thing that. Um, As you put it, I think you're right that it becomes adversarial because now people are paying more attention to how this has all been. A lot of these things are just ignored in favor of entertainment and the product.
2: But quick point, because we did talk about the former players, maybe with NHL and the NFL, but baseball's iteration would be younger players, bullpen players.
0: The way they're taken advantage of, yeah. I mean, right. they're 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 the old the retired guys were taken advantage of too, but it's not they don't have the same level of health issues that hockey and football players. Yeah,
1: have. And what you say about bullpen arms? It, right, it's not right. head injuries, but uh, most teams don't really care if, like, if you're a guy who was I don't know fifteenth rounder who makes your way to the bullpen and you're a pretty good arm out there. Or you're you know maybe you're one of those guys who just is having a good year and they call you up. They will ride you into the ground because they don't. You're not a first round pick. You're not what they consider to be an investment, and I don't. I don't know if that's what they're thinking in the moment, but that's certainly how it plays out. Like I don't think the manager is necessarily so. Examples, examples with the Cardinals, like. Matt Bowman,
0: Bowman Seth Manus, still, oh my gosh, Kevin gosh yes. I don't think that like Mike Matheny was like, well, I don't care. Yeah, about I don't him. care about his armor. No, no, health. no. that's no. not. It's not at all that. It's just it's. A, there's a different level of caring though. When you're a first round draft pick, or you're already a well paid established player, they're going
1: to be careful with you. But if you're a middle reliever. You get what you get. So the players have to speak up for themselves when it comes to this stuff, and that's why former players in the NFL, NHL, what are doing that. About. Yeah, and it's yeah. the same stuff because they know fans generally don't care, and it's not that they don't. It's not that they don't care about the livelihoods or the health of these players, they're just not thinking about it. Right, because it's they're not, they're not thinking about that in the moment. They just, hey, I, I want you to come in and get this guy out for me. Or I want you to... I want to... my team to be good. Exactly. That's all they care about in the moment.
2: Well, and I think it's, again, it sounds like I'm ragging on the owners in general of all sports. Oh, and it's okay. not necessarily... Yeah, are fine with that. They can not, take it. It's not necessarily that, but what I do think it does is it gives perspective because when you have players and owners and negotiations and CBAs, yep. it's so easy for the fans to say you're making 50 million dollars just get out there and play but there there are elements to this such as they're humans and not every player is making 50 million
0: no and also the whole thing like if if the owner's willing to pay somebody 50 million what do you think he's making Fifty billion. Fifty one million dollars. Let's put it this way. A lot more. A lot more. All right, hang tight. We got another hour to go. Chris Rangi, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler, some more baseball to start. A little bit on Deshaun Watson as well in the next hour here on KMOX.